Hello and welcome to Off the Charts, a stellar newscast. Are we live in Whitney's coat closet today? We are live from Whitney's guest room. Oh my goodness gracious. I'm Whitney Fishburne in the guest room in Washington with my colleague, co-host, and fellow astrologer, Elizabeth Grace in New York. What's shaking, Kitty? Well, there was a Kitty shaking here just a minute ago. Pepper is back <laughs> for an encore performance and hopes everybody loved her photograph from last time. <laughs> I did. <laughs> We're both renegades from corporate media who report and analyze the cosmic impulses behind the news. We not only want to show you the listener, how the media manipulates you into working against your best interests. And boy, we got a story about that this, this time around. Woo! We do. We, we want to help you anticipate the cycles and the trends in the world so that you can see the world is not as the news would present it to you, especially television news, a random, chaotic, scary place, but instead is part of an ensouled universe where cycles within cycles point to there being a greater consciousness, a larger intelligence, way more awesome than we tiny, yet also pretty amazing human beings could ever be, even if we don't understand what it is exactly, what is compelling these cycles. Doesn't matter. We're part of it. Anyway, most importantly, we want to encourage you to participate in the enfoldment of what our universe has in store. That's who we are. And yep. I am not going to mess around. I'm just going to say, here it is. We have met with our spiritual moment. Yesterday, April 12th, Jupiter and Neptune conjoined in the oceanic lovey love of Pisces, something we have not seen uh, from Spaceship Earth anyway, since 1856. And as we discussed, Elizabeth, on episodes one and two, that was when America experienced the dawning of its spiritualism movement, for good or for ill. A lot of crazy stuff. <laughs> I don't want to call any particular religious factions out, but some weird stuff arose around that time and still with us today. Anyway, looking at that last transit, I'm going to ask Elizabeth, what might we glean this time around? What might we glean this time around? Excellent question. You know, some of the mainstream newspapers picked up on this Jupiter-Neptune conjunction in Pisces. Uh, the Guardian ran a piece about it. It didn't have a byline. Uh, I'm not surprised. I wouldn't have Wait, wanted to. It didn't to have take... a byline? How no, it, did, it, it didn't have a, well, and it didn't deserve a byline. No one should have taken credit for writing what the way they presented the story. Uh, and, and it's the media... <laughs> It you was know, from Neptune. It was unclear. No, it was no. It was from Snark Tune, is what it was. Oh, okay. it, it was. I didn't read it, it was. So. You know, it was like, oh, I guess we should mention this thing because astrologers are talking about this this opportunity, <laughs> this really interesting event, which is the it's the most significant pattern of 2022 for everybody. You know, there's the U.S. Pluto return, which is unique to the United States. But but in but of all of the things happening that would affect the world at large, this conjunction of Jupiter, which expands, Jupiter is the principle of expansion uh, in it's historically seen as the greater benefic. It's it's seen as a positive, fortunate influence, although 
I personally don't think I would want the planet Jupiter or the symbolism of Jupiter anywhere near me if I had a cancer tumor, because you don't want something that's going to make something big. So anyway, back to Snarktoon. But getting back to Snarktoon. So the Guardian (laughs) felt a need, you know, bless them. They bless their heart. They they tried. They wanted to talk about this, uh, this pattern and they just couldn't do it without having an attitude about it. Like they were embarrassed that they were even writing about astrology and speaking to their readers about, about, you know, what this pattern suggested, but of course they didn't really do their homework to really give you any useful information about what it was just very snarky. It's actually instructive for the audience to understand that when they see mainstream coverage of astrology, it really is dribble. It would be like asking me, because I used to report on neurology to please come and perform a brain surgery because Uh you know about the brain. Yeah, I do know about the brain. I don't think you want me to operate on yours. (laughs) (laughs) You could ask me to report on the brain surgery and I would do a very good job. The fact that I know about something makes me somebody you can talk to intelligently about it, but it doesn't mean that I should be the expert in it. Mm -hmm. And so when the media goes and starts doing stories about astrology and they already start with the attitude as the New York Times in particular often does that this is stupid, Mm -hmm. you're not going to get anything useful. Don't even read it. Don't even read it. They had, um, do you remember the story in the New York Times where they were talking about why did astrology miss I think it was in your COVID. Times, but Yeah, it was. And they, and they quoted Susan Miller. So Susan Miller, yes, she's an astrologer and she's a famous astrologer. So the lazy New York Times reporter and editor, it's not just the reporter's fault, thought, oh, S- Susan Miller, famous astrologer. She must know everything we need to know. Why didn't astrologers actually say anything about COVID? Okay, well, first of all, plenty of them did. But what they didn't even think to do was to say, why is this woman even making these predictions? She's not a mundane astrologer. So it's just because you know, an astrologer who's famous doesn't mean that that astrologer knows the answers to what you're actually asking. Susan Miller, she's not a mundane astrologer. She didn't know anything about COVID because that's not what she studies. In fact, she's just about always wrong. Anytime anybody asks her anything about predicting a mundane, as in worldly event. She's crap at it. I don't know why she keeps trying to make these predictions anyway, because she doesn't have a great track record. The New York Times didn't have the sensitivity to understand that just like in medicine, you have urologists, you have neurologists, you have oncologists, you have primary care doctors, you have a whole range of specialties. It's the same thing in astrology. What I'm getting at is, is that Susan Miller, she knows what she knows about sun sign astrology. That doesn't make her an expert in COVID as seen through the lens of astrological patterns. I mean, another example would be, I'm a guy with prostate cancer, but cancer is cancer. So I'm going to go to a specialist in breast cancer. It's pretty much the same thing. Anyway, annoying. Yeah. So I'm looking at this article now, which appeared in the Guardian on April 13th. And, you know, the Guardian is saying, you know, uh, it's supposed to, the Guardian is saying, answering the question, what does Jupiter conjunct Neptune and Pisces means? And the Guardian is saying, it means that we all stand upon the cusp of great wealth and fortune for the next few months, according to astrologers. Okay, well, first of all, let me just pick that apart because that is so bizarre and inane. Uh Nothing ever comes true in anyone's life unless it is promised in the natal chart. So Mm -hmm. for them to make these categorical statements that we all stand on the precipice of blah, 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 
is just dumb. It's just dumb. Mm-hmm. It's dumb. It's and it's this whoever. And again, there's no byline here because nobody should, you know, I mean, a computer could have written this and probably would have done a better job. Um, there's there's no intelligence in this article. And it's disappointing that they feel a need to have this. It's like they're embarrassed to talk about it. And, and, and out of their embarrassment, they're resisting actually doing their homework to be able to tell you something useful about Jupiter conjunct Neptune in Pisces, which you and I are going to tell our listeners now. So Jupiter conjunct Neptune, Jupiter, the planet of expansion, uh, you know, Neptune is, it dissolves whatever it touches. Neptune is not visible to the naked eye. So that gives us a clue already in the language of astrology as to how the principle of Neptune, this sort of this sublime, dreamy, visionary, it, 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 that's what it represents. It represents the dream, the vision. It works in subtle ways, not so much in the physical world, but, but works on our consciousness. Okay. Sorry to interrupt. It, when you say it works on our, on our subconscious, I, I still, I have to always make sure that our readers understand nothing is cause and effect here. What right. it does is it represents, and especially since I just ranted about how the New York times just why they even bother to cover astrology. I don't know because it's really just a smack in the head every time they do, if they understood it and if they were committed to actually keeping an open mind about it, which good luck with that, they would understand this, which is it doesn't, nothing in astrology is ever a compulsion. It's never, I the stars are working on me right now. No, the stars are indicating some greater force, some greater pattern is operating through us right now. That is why I make the preamble that I make every time we do these, these episodes, there is something larger than us. It is not God in a white robe. It's not religion, put a religion aside. If you are a religious person, that's wonderful. And we are not here to comment on that in any way, shape or form, because that's not what we're talking about. No, what we're talking about is there's just something bigger than us. That's it. There's something bigger than us. It's not random. It has patterns and intelligence. We're not talking about intelligent design and all of that weirdness either. And I am saying weirdness because it's not justification for some kind of policy, right? We're not trying to say astrology provides justification for doing a specific kind of thing, which intelligent design does do anymore. What it is, is a language of communicating and getting ourselves, our consciousness shaped around those patterns so that we can apply those patterns meaningfully in our own lives or open ourselves to let those patterns move through us, mediate them, the true media. So I just really want to make sure that we're clear about that because that at the end of the day will do so much good for our listeners. If nothing else we say ever penetrates, that alone is the antidote to the type of disservice and just arrogance and, and um, putting astrology down that you're going to find in the media. Well, people dismiss things that they do not understand, and they do not understand a lot of astrology because it is a language. There is a knee-jerk reaction when people do not understand something. You have two choices. One is to say, oh, wow, I don't understand. Could you help me explain? Which is the intelligent evolved thing to do. The other thing is go, I don't understand that. And therefore it has to be stupid because, because if I have to say, I don't understand it, it makes me stupid and that makes me uncomfortable. So therefore what I'm hearing is stupid. 
you have two choices in how you respond to things you do not understand. And so the mainstream media, because they're supposed to be the people that inform you of the facts, so they it's easier to just dismiss it. Okay, so Jupiter conjunct Neptune in Pisces. Why is this important? Okay, Jupiter expands, Neptune dissolves. Jupiter, there are certain things that are related to Jupiter. Jupiter refers to our collective belief systems. Anything that's in the realm of the higher mind, like academia or our legal you know, there are legal philosophy, philosophy in general, psychology, publishing, anything that affects like the collective belief of the masses. That's that falls under Jupiter. Okay. So Neptune is the energy of it's intangible. It's related to faith, belief, vision, inspiration. Put this, these two together and you get this kind of fuzzy Neptune. You're never sure if Neptune is for real because Neptune is whatever you believe. And so is Pisces. The key word for Pisces, every Zodiac sign has a key word. And the key word for Pisces is I believe. And what, what does it base its beliefs on? Pisces is a, of, of the element of water, which relates to emotions and so P Pisces bases its beliefs on whatever it feels, which are wholly subjective and cannot be argued. And so Jupiter conjunct Neptune in Pisces, it's an amazing opportunity to plant seeds for the manifestation of a dream come true. One, a perfect manifestation that happened was Julian Lennon doing something that he said he would never ever do unless it was the end of the world. Pisces is all about endings, the ending of a world, a world. He publicly performed, imagine, that John Lennon wrote. Julian Lennon said he would never do it. Julian Lennon chose this moment on the eve of the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction in Pisces out of empathy and understanding and depth of feeling and compassion for the victimization and suffering of the people of Ukraine. Back to the idea of religion for a second. I do find it interesting when the astrological transits do sync up with whatever is happening in religious celebrations. This transit is happening at the same time we have Pesach, Passover, and we have Easter. Mm -hmm. So Pesach is about being saved from being completely decimated, and Easter is about redemption. And I actually think it's really... <laughs> It's curious, but it's not surprising that we would have this redemptive sort of transit that we were all anticipating, Jupiter and Neptune together in Pisces at this time that, it, you know, when it occurs is at the time of Easter. It's at the time of Passover. And that actually, I don't feel like this is making, I don't feel compelled to look for ways in my life now to be redeemed, but I have been having experiences Personally, I don't need to get into them. And I have been seeing them. And you've just pointed to one with Julian Lennon, where themes of redemption actually are, are coming to the fore. And it's this kind of thing that you may or may not see stories about in the news. And you go, wow, that's really redeeming. But if we point out to you that, yeah, there's a movement right now, cosmically, there's something going on where we can experience redemption, we can experience hope, we can experience forgiveness. That then maybe tunes your radar more um, finely so that you can look for that in the media, but you can also start to anticipate those kinds of things in your own life. 
and things that you would never have thought would happen. I mean, I don't think too many people were really sitting around wondering if Jillian Lennon was ever going to sing that song, but he did. And he said he never would. And the reason that he did had a lot to do with this already formed pattern that was coming at us of redemption. And, and I think we can walk away from this going, oh yeah, there's hope, even though avoiding World War III is not necessarily a foregone conclusion. We still have the opportunity to experience hope. And then you know, this is something I was going to say later in the broadcast, but I'll say it now. Astrology points to the cycles within cycles. So we can get ourselves wrapped around the tree emotionally about a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about. But I often find myself doing that and going, what, what, wait a minute, I don't really want to worry about who's a shit nugget because there's plenty of those in the world, right? And we're going to talk about those. But the truth is, there's shit nuggets in every era in history. And then another cycle comes around. And the difference and what we hope to do with our podcast and those who are listening is remind you, you can participate in those transits, in those waves of energy, and therefore become more evolved, become more actually attuned to what's happening, and maybe participate in actually grounding it so that the bigger things that are more constructive, more positive, more hopeful, have deeper lasting impact. Yes, this you shall, yes, this too shall pass, Whitney. And yes. that moment, you know, and, and the empathy that is being shown to the people of Ukraine, being able to see someone's suffering, seeing, looking across the aisle, seeing yourself in that person, being able to have empathy and compassion and want to, want to heal and help is a big seed potential of this cycle. So just to be clarified, Jupiter and Neptune do meet up every 13 years, roughly, but it's in a different sign every 13 years. So there are 12 signs in the Zodiac. So that's why it's taken such a long time to have Jupiter and Neptune in Pisces. And it's a particularly significant and powerful seed planting opportunity because both of these planets, Jupiter and Neptune, are comfortable in Pisces. Okay, so the shadow side of Jupiter and Neptune, okay, Jupiter, again, the principle of expansion and big, and Neptune, uh, you know, yes, it's a vision. Yes, it's a dream. Yes, it's the sublime. Yes, it is music. It's inspiration. It's also a pack of lies. It can be because it can be fantasy. It can be fiction. And sometimes it can be outright deception, conspiracy theories. And so when you have so and so when you have that element of delusion and deception coming into contact with the with the symbol of our collective beliefs you could have people believing in things that are not real they are simply make believing in things and they're and what they believe becomes real for them regardless of the facts. And obviously that can happen at any time of any day, 24 seven, 365 days. The difference being is that now with the attention on this particular transit in Pisces, we're going to see evidence of it. It's going to be brought to our attention. And so between the two of us, I think we probably have a raft of stories of how this is, is happening in the news, but um, do. why don't you share one and I, I might share one. But, so one, um, so yeah. one thing is that Neptune creates bubbles. I spent some time working at CNBC and part of my job was basically to watch the markets every day, watch them when, when there were bubbles that were created and when things were, you know, when they 
when the, when the you know the, the people hit the wall and things crash and patterns involving neptune coincide with these bubbles when you get a soap bubble like you had when you were a kid you know that put that little ring in your soap bubble and you blow and it gets all pretty and shimmery that's that's a vision that's a visual for neptune you can have bubbles and of course what we have going on right now interestingly enough is inflation we've got a bubble the value of things, the prices of things has inflated. Jupiter is big. Neptune is illusion because really what is a price point? It's whatever you believe it's worth. As a mundane astrologer, we know that planetary cycles repeat. So we look at the patterns that are going on now and we go, well, let's go see what was happening in 1981. And lo and behold, there was a transit. It's unique to the United States unique to the horoscope of the United States, although there is inflation in the Western world. Okay, it's not, you know, there's, so maybe their horoscopes are affected too. But in the horoscope of the United States, we see a transit of Neptune activating a pattern in the United States horoscope back then in the same way that it is doing now. Oh, interesting. Inflation is rising at the similar rate as the last time we had this pattern in the life of the United States, which was 1981. And with the other thing that was going on in 1981, for those of you that listened to our first episode about the U.S. Pluto return in 1982 and 1983 was when Pluto was in a challenging aspect to the Pluto in the U.S. horoscope as it is now. And what happened in the early 80s, we had this bubble, we bought into, um, you know, this beautiful vision, this morning in America that, uh, that Ronald Reagan made the showpiece of his, of his ad campaign to, to win the presidency. He was the cowboy, the glamorous Hollywood cowboy, which speaks so much to a pattern in the United States as horoscope that involves Mars which is the hero, the macho, the cowboy, and Neptune, which is the ideal and the dream and possibly an illusion. So, you know, we can look back to the early 80s for clues to what we have on our plate now. Okay, so let's do that. So the early 80s was the real establishment of the moral majority. They kind of came to town with jimmy carter um mm-hmm. but they yeah. were not they were not and so for anyone who's listening who's like what the heck is the moral majority basically it was the evangelical takeover of washington in a real kind of shadowy way um and that was when these sort of bible prayers and um hidden agendas at, but not so hidden in the sense that we had all these televangelists telling us you know, who they were going to vote for and who we should vote for and all that kind of stuff. But this real network being formed behind the scenes that was really helping to um, direct political agendas, that's really what started to come. So we had this shadow root, rooting taking place around then. Mm-hmm. But we also started to have the insanity on Wall Street. Again, you know, live in high life. Um, so, but to how this ties into what we're seeing in current political climes um, I'm thinking of the texts, the, the texts that were revealed between uh, Ginny Thomas, the wife of uh, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, 
that were sent to Mark Meadows, who was the, the then White House Chief of Staff. And uh, what jumped out at me in that text exchange was how Mark Meadows was talking about uh, the King of Kings, Christian God, Jesus, the King of Kings was personally backing yeah. their, their campaign to keep the uh, 45th president in office. That is a fantastic example of the um, Neptune-Jupiter um, transit right now. I was thinking more along the lines of Pluto being on top or Mercury and, and Pluto meeting up. And I was thinking though, because it's news from the underground, news from what was hidden. But yeah. that is perfect. Yeah, it, the idea that it was, you know, the, the real savior, the king of kings, that this is really a religious moment. And it's, is it? Is Which it is Jupiter-Neptune. <laughs> Jupiter, yeah, Jupiter-Neptune yeah, is religion right. is, and, and faith. Or, is it, or is, it, is it faith or is it delusion? It's a great example, Elizabeth. I love it. Thank you. And the United States, because it, in my opinion, because of its Mars-Neptune square the tension between action and faith you know we were founded and the people came to this country initially the people who were fleeing religious persecution looking for this freedom of to believe and so now here we are 200 some odd years later it's a driving force of of the people who uh, some people who have been elected to office well okay, whereas so that's Oh, sorry. I was, I'm sorry. I mean to cut you off. Just like, but where is this going? So where do we, can, where can we anticipate this kind of resolving and, and how long will it take? What, what's going to come out of this? Cause you know, spiritualism went in a whole bunch of different directions. It kind of fractured things. It, it fractured American um, spirituality in a lot of, or religion in a lot of ways. So where do you anticipate we'll go now? I don't know. I, I was thinking about the recent headlines since the Aries ingress, Aries ingress, uh, that is the technical term for when the sun enters Aries, which we refer to in the Northern hemisphere as the first day of spring, which also corresponds to the first day of the astrological new year. What we do is we do a chart, a horoscope for that moment. And you can set it in where, whatever country, wherever place that you, you know, if you want to see how is the United States likely to experience the Aries ingress, this, this, this blueprint for the year, if not the full year, then at least the first three months, the first season, you set the chart in Washington, DC, which is the capital of the United States. And when you do that, um, you notice that the moon, the moon is very important in a horoscope because it drives the needs of that chart. It's more important sometimes than the sun, because if you want to understand what, the, what somebody is trying to, why they do anything, look at their moon. It'll tell you what they're trying to fulfill. So the moon in the Aries ingress chart is at 29 degrees of Libra, which is the very last degree of the sign of Libra, which is about equality and fairness and balance and uh, relationships and law. And when you have a planet at the very last degree of any zodiac sign, it is a planet that is in crisis. There is an, there is an extreme urgency about 
It's like a chicken running around with its head cut off in the nature of that sign, which in this Aries English chart is Libra. So it has uh, it, the fifth house. When you have the moon in the fifth house, it has to do with children and creativity, speculation, games, gaming, play, creative self-expression, and also sexuality. If you're a modern psychological astrologer, um, we look at what's going on with the fifth house to sort of see for clues about how you need to express yourself, the, the value of the love you have to give to the world. I thought it was fascinating with the moon being in the fifth house of children and ruling the area of this horoscope respect, with respect to the United States that has to do with values, worth. I thought it was really interesting that immediately after the Aries ingress, when Judge Katanji Brown Jackson appeared before the Senate Judiciary Committee for her confirmation hearing, all of a sudden they're talking about pedophilia? What? There has to be a planetary pattern to justify this craziness. Like, why are they making a big issue of this thing? Why would this issue be in our face, in the news? Now, is there an astrological pattern that suggests it? And if you look at this ingress chart, to see you know, what are we gonna be dealing with as a nation for the next three months, that's one expression. And another one would be you know, the uh, uh, sexual, sexual orientation, the don't say gay bill that just got signed into law. Um, there's a lot of the sense of making this huge crisis out of creative self-expression, which includes sexuality. Let's tie this all up and make it into a, a clear sentence. What are we actually saying is happening astrologically and in patterns? That particular line of attack at her confirmation hearings. I was, I, I was personally just, I was stunned that they would challenge her this way. Their line of attack was to create enough sound bites so that um, viewers would hear Katanji Brown Jackson being accused of being soft when it, when it came to sentencing people who had been convicted of child pornography. But what struck me was, why are they going honing in on this issue now? And as an mundane astrologer looking at, well, what was the setup going into this week? I would look at that Aries ingress chart and say, and, and notice this urgency with respect to children and ex sexual expression. If we were reading that chart, that's what I see, not being psychic and having no idea how that would manifest, but then seeing what happened in those hearings and trying to make sense of it, because that's what astrology, we, we use our understanding of these patterns to make sense of what appears to be this totally chaotic world, trying to find the sense in this. Oh, this is why there is this urgency, extreme, you know, honing in on this particular issue. And then tie it into the bigger picture where we can see that the justification for this, these you know, this line of argument slash attack and legislation may be in a uh, religion 
you know, because this is a, this is the this is what the Christians would do. What occurs to me as I'm as I'm contemplating what you're laying out here, the idea that the year for the United States would focus on a driving need to settle a crisis around our sexuality, around our ability to create. And because we're also talking about it in context of Jupiter, Neptune and the transit in Pisces, and is it delusion? Is it, is it, you know, what do I believe? So no matter what, you know, and, and Libra, the balanced scales, the, the SCOTA, uh, the Supreme court nominee hearing, you know, talking about what's really in balance, what's really just, What's the fair deliverance of, of justice? And it's all being around our sexuality, our power to create. And let's just face it, too, around women. And Venus is the ruler of Libra. Um, so we're talking about women's issues. However, you know, back to what I was saying earlier, Venus is exalted in Pisces. And Venus is there now. Meaning, when I, when I say exalted, it's from my particular dialect of, of astrology, which is the Hellenistic um, approach to astrology. So Venus being exalted there means that she is the welcomed guest of Jupiter in Pisces, and she will be, all the stops will be pulled out. She is the queen who is visiting and they're going to fet her. And so whatever Venus wants, Venus is going to get, if nothing else, Venus is going to get a lot of attention. So this is just amplifying what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And then, and now I'm thinking about all of that. And what occurred to me as you were saying, uh, as you were explaining your own surprise at like, wait a second, what in the world is all this coming up during this woman's um, Supreme Court hearing for her nomination, Katanzia Brown Jackson? And I thought, you know, it's funny to me to listen to Republican men going on and on and on and on and on about pornography, child pornography, and about gay rights and all this kind of stuff. When the louder they talk about something, inevitably, eventually, we do see the stories that show how they were guilty of those things. Another yeah. example, Matt Gates. Matt Gates wanted, Under wanted to talk all the time about, you know, sex trafficking and how we were going to stop sex trafficking and all these crazy Democrats and their sex trafficking. The guy's a sex trafficker. He's bringing underage girls across state lines, among many other things. Okay. So now I'm going to get to what you wanted to talk about regarding the media. And that is CBS bringing on board Mick Mulvaney. I first looked at Mick Mulvaney's horoscope when he was actually fired. I, I, I can't remember what the circumstances of why his former boss, the 45th person in the Oval Office, why he decided to dismiss Mulvaney and replace him with Mark Meadows we've been talking about when he was terminated at, at his old, at that old job, um, he was having a Saturn transit. Saturn was opposing his son. So we could expect that, okay, he's going to be, make sense that he might experience a loss. Um, and what was interesting was that at the time, when I looked at that, I also looked at Mark Meadows horoscope when Mulvaney was on the way out and could see that Meadows was having a similar transit at the end of January, 2021. So we could think that, well, perhaps he might be departing a, a position as well, maybe. So, but looking at the horoscope back then, because we're look, because astrologers are looking at the future, we know what's coming next. So even though this sun that we've been talking about, this cancer sun was streamlined, knowing where planets are going, I knew that in 2022, Pluto would be coming along 
activating the sun in the same relationship. And so he would be likely to have transformation and empowerment. So when he got this gig, I was like, well, well, there you are. That's what this is. He is being given this empowered opportunity. Why he got this gig? What is exactly that he's doing? What I- he's just a, he's a paid commentator. And when they introduced him as a paid commentator, it actually got a response from CBS standards because they didn't tell certain things about exactly what he had done in, in the, you know, they didn't give him, they didn't present the full resume that they would hire Mick Mulvaney, pay him money for his opinions as a, somebody who is in a position to comment with integrity about budget concerns Okay, that's what they brought him on for, budgetary, to comment on the budgets that are being drawn up in Congress and and Biden's budgets or whatever. But what they didn't say until somebody leaked it was a recording of the CBS News president, Niraj Kamlani. I hope I'm pronouncing that name correctly. They said, we anticipate that the Republicans are going to win in, in the midterms. CBS News is saying, we th- the president of CBS News is saying, we think that the Republicans are going to win. And so and because we are running a business, and, and even though our alleged business is to simply present the facts to, the, to anybody who's listening to our news broadcast, to just tell people what's happening, actually, it's driven by ratings, it's driven by profits, and our ability to have stories depends on our ability to have access to certain people who are in positions of power. That should just show you what a little horse shit the, the media is right there. First of all, they're hiring a guy. When he was chief of staff, he acknowledged that Trump had expected concessions from Ukraine in exchange for engagement. So basically, the guy who now is battling to save his country from an illegal and unjustified war launched by Putin, the guy who needed weapons and who asked for them and Congress was going to give them to him, our president as Mick Mulvaney himself, as chief of staff, admitted, we're going to make this a quid pro quo. If you want weapons, then you got to come up with some reason to investigate Hunter Biden and make it a big deal and make it a national security issue. That's the guy. So either he was telling the truth about something heinous and that Congress would really like to know about, particularly because there's so much criminal activity tied in with this, or the guy's a liar. Which is it? Is it both? That's the guy that CBS said, we're going to hire him because he's the guy we think is a good source for you people, you public, to have information from because we think we should trust him. What a dirtbag. You know what he said? Remember what he said? Get over it. That's what he told the media. Get over it. There's going to be political influence in foreign policy. Elections have consequences. So he's pretty blithe about the fact that Zelensky was fighting for his life. And here we are now in a war. Yeah, that's the guy they hired. And then what you're pointing out is CBS then tried to conceal their true motivation for hiring this guy because they think it will get them access. I mean, Jesus, talk about quid pro quo. The moral obligation, if they were acting on good faith, would have been to say, we don't think we're going to get access to all these other dirtbags unless we strike a deal with this particular dirtbag. We told America, get over it when the leader of a free country asked our help to stay free. And our president said, sure, only if you do my personal bidding. And now CBS and all the other broadcast bullshit news deliver these pious and breathy newscasts about the Ukrainian fight for democratic freedom. 
they broadcast all this stuff as if they're not even complicit, as if the news media is not even complicit in the fact that it's happening in the first place. Okay, so now we see reality, you know, the media, it is a business, Les Moonves, the disgraced uh, ex-president of CBS, the whole network, serial philanderer and sexual abuser left in disgrace. I don't think he got his severance package. I, I think they, they had a big fight about that. But he famously said in 2016, in the early part of that year, uh, commenting about why they were giving so much airtime to uh, the then candidate, uh, Donald Trump, he said, well, you know, it may not be good for America, but it's damn good for CBS. So people need to know this. The other thing you need to understand, I think, in my opinion, the Jupiter Neptune is make believe. CBS has this, you know, the CBS, the president of CBS News, co-president of CBS News, believes in a certain outcome in November. With Jupiter and Neptune conjunct in Pisces, you have a powerful opportunity to manifest your belief system. So you have to be really careful about the things you believe in. That hiring, which Stephen Colbert went on this epic rant about that was wonderful to because he told he told CBS viewers what their own you know anchors would not tell them about who this person was and what he what he represented and and he questioned why a news organization would pay to have this voice on the air and have it be revealed that it was simply to have access to people who they believe would be in power. That's the shadow side of Jupiter and Neptune in Pisces. Well, the well, let's explain what that means. They want access. Why do they want access? Because then they can say, we have something no one else does and you want it to consume num, 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 more, more, more. You know what? If you can't get somebody's policy statement unless they give you access, that already is democracy in the shitter. Ron DeSantis threw two reporters out of a press conference yesterday because they wanted to ask him about this tax cut or refund that was going to these major corporations at the same time that Florida rents are going through the roof. And they didn't understand. And they, these reporters were kicked out of a press conference because Ron DeSantis, this was on video, did not, you know, the, the security people were there. You know, there were like five, six guys in uniform escorting these journalists out of a press conference because the governor of Florida did not want to hear and, or uh, these questions. Well, but this is nothing new. We saw this with um, the Montana, the, I've forgotten which politician it was in Montana. Greg Jan Forte. Yeah. And, and then we've seen, we saw this a lot with Trump. I don't so, know. yeah. So this is not new, and it's definitely not new in nations where there are in countries where there are autocrats, authoritarian governments. But again, I want to go back to, look, this is happening at the same time other things are happening too. The stars are not compelling. The planets are not compelling us to be redeemed. There is a pattern that makes possible the seeds of what you want to manifest coming true within the next cycle. So I'd say, you know, the next 13 years. And then with other things in between, whatever transits are triggering it. So 
it is a time where rather than just fixate on all of the just crap that's going on, you can use this time to look for good and to root good. And why not root good that is in opposition to those who are rooting bad using the same energies and the The same same patterns? Yeah. They don't have to win. Exactly. They don't have to win. That is correct. You And if you, you are a person listening to this and you want them to win, hey man, you got those energies available. You can plant whatever you want. But those of you who know that these people are out there planting things that are detrimental to democracy, now's your time to step up and do something about it. It's the war of the world <laughs> using the same damn energies. Well, it's authoritarianism versus democracy, which is something that astrologers saw you know, it, it being a being tested severely at this time in our uh, experience of space and time. Um, I wanted to say one thing about talking about holding the media accountable. I wanted to mention Eric Bowler who has his own. He ran, so you, Eric, you, you, you tell him, Whitney, because you are a journalist. So you, you know the story. Um, yeah. Eric Bowler ran a. Um, a Substack newsletter called Press Run, where he called the media out on so much of the same kind of crap you and I are talking about here. And he'd already established himself within the media as somebody that they could respect because he had been in the trenches along with them at a number of different mastheads. But um, he got hit by a train, right, as that Saturn-Mars uh, transit was perfecting. And, you know, so it was sudden. And we have no idea what his actual horoscope natal horoscope was so you know whatever his karma was we have no idea and if we could look at it it wouldn't be our place to say anyway but um some of the things that eric was writing about in his he would post a few times a week he would make mention of the fact that hey the job numbers are really good unemployment is down our deficit is dropping Corporate profits are through the roof. Yes, there is inflation, but there are a lot of really good things going on and the media is not focusing on it. Not only not focusing on it, not asking the right questions. Why are corporate profits so high and why is inflation so high? There's a lot of tinkering. And a lot of times this is because the puppet masters behind the scenes have decided it's time for inflation. And that's one of the problems you get when you have no antitrust law enforcement at all, is you have a lot of collusion of how you're going to manipulate markets behind the scenes. So somebody like an Eric Bowler would have been the kind of voice, and we need more of people like that to say, hey, wait a minute. And, And there are. And in fact, I'll put some in the show notes of people saying, wait, 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 media, you're not doing your job. There are things happening here that are not only good, but also evidence of how the things that are bad are actually being manipulated into creation, not organically happening because the markets are pushing it that way. We will get through this. We've been here before. I want to leave people hopeful. Everything will eventually turn. We may not be alive to see it when it does, but the fact is that's always been the case. Who do, who do we think we are that we should expect everything go our way? The arc of the moral universe is long and it bends toward justice, but we don't necessarily find the end of the rainbow or the end of that arc of justice in our lifetime. Being aware, being awake, participating, being open-minded, we make the journey to that end of the, of the arc that much easier for other people. That alone should give us hope. Get That alone should give us 
this idea that as we go into Pesach, as we go into Passover, into Easter, as we're sitting in the, you know, the basking in the glow of this Jupiter, Neptune and Pisces with an exalted Venus transit, not all sucks, not, not all sucks. And not only that, we have the power if we choose to bring light onto things, to bring sweetness to things, to be optimistic and to understand as Pisces will say, you're not alone. We're all together in this. We're all in this together and we all have agency in our own little world and every vote counts and every little thing you do matters, makes a difference. So do your best, (laughs) be kind. This is going to be such a pain in the behind to edit. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, it's so much more than just your mind going all over the place. It's the dog. It's the furniture mover. And it's the, it's the me having to jump into the coat closet. But thank you listeners so much for your patience as we, as we bring, you know, this is kind of like backpack journalism. There's a guy here in Washington who teaches a class from American, he's from American university, teaches backpack journalism. I always feel like when I'm doing these podcasts with you, it's backpack journalism because I'm running around the house, hiding from the noise, hiding from the dog, hiding from <laughs> it's, it's incoming, dive under the coat, under the coats, keep on recording, keep on broadcasting. <laughs> Are we the Martha Mitchell of astrology yet? <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Well, it's so great to do this with you, Elizabeth. And I hope you have a wonderful holiday there in New York. If you're celebrating, if not enjoy all of the goodness of the sweet, drippy, delicious transit that we've been talking about. And, and I'll see full, you next time. And the full moon illumination that is to come this weekend. Yes. Always a joy to connect with you, Whitney. And look up. Look up. Bye. You've been listening to Off the Charts, a stellar newscast. I'm your co-host, Whitney Fishburne in Washington. And for Elizabeth Grace in New York City, thank you for listening. This was episode five, and you can find our other episodes on pretty much any podcast app. Thanks for listening.